Jackson and Gerald, the boss man. Show had a great show for you today. I'm a great guest. He covers the Clippers for the Athletic LA. My man, Yovan Buha, comes coming to show with me in Nashville. Now we get Atlanta with me. Yovan, happy birthday to you, my good brother. How are things out there in California, man? Things are great, man. I can't complain. Thank you for the birthday wish. Yes, indeed. Getting older by the day, which is a good thing. If you're not getting older, <laughs> that means you're not here. So that's good. <laughs> so <laughs> it's a good thing, man. And the Clippers, man. I, how do you see these guys playing this year? I just saw one of your articles that can be success already, no matter what they do. Because uh, I feel like this year, it's like one of them years like, hey, if, we, if we're good, we're good. If we're not, we're not because we have all this cap space next summer and all these guys are for agents so we can throw at people and we rebuild our franchise next summer and set some cornerstones for our future going forward. Yeah, I mean, what the, basically the, the, the kind of point of, of the story I wrote today was I, I think any way you look at this season, um, you know, if, if you're a Clippers fan or if you're part of the front office or the organization, like, I think this season, you know, they're playing with house money. Like there, there is no really downside to this season, barring uh, like a catastrophic injury to one of their young guys, because uh, you know the expectations are very low. I think they're right now projected as like uh, the 11th seed in the West, according to Las Vegas and, and most preseason projections from from different uh, NBA experts. So it's like at that kind of point, like. Uh, if they if they make the playoffs, which I, I think they can, if everything goes right in a, in a best case scenario, um, you know, then then they're that scrappy underdog team that overachieved and no one believed in them and blah 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 and you know everything's cool. They miss the playoffs. Well, they're not projected to make the playoffs, so it doesn't really matter. And then on top of that, they owe Boston a, a lottery protected uh, first round pick over the next couple seasons. So. There's actually incentive for them to miss the playoffs this season. Uh, so if they miss the playoffs, they get to keep their lottery pick and uh, then go into next summer with a bunch of cap space, the possibility of signing not just one, but potentially two stars uh, to go along with uh, Shea Gilgis Alexander, potentially Tobias Harris if they keep him. So I think they're in a really good spot where they have a really deep team. Uh, they don't have a, a traditional star, but you know they have Tobias Harris, Lou Williams, Danilo Gallinari. They have some players, you know, that's not even to mention like, you know, Pat Beverly, Avery Bradley, Montrez Harrell, Marcin Gortat. Like they, they have a very deep team. Uh, no one really like jumps out at you, like, you know, like a, like a, uh, going to be necessarily an all-star, but um, we, we've seen in the past with, with teams like Houston before they got James Harden uh, with, with that Denver team with Andre Udala, uh, who, who was probably better than anyone on this team. But, but that, that was kind of another team that was built on their depth. So I think there is a blueprint for them to make the playoffs. Uh, I would not bet on it, but um, I do think, like, it, it wouldn't surprise me. Like, I know some people are going to be shocked if they somehow make the playoffs. Uh, it would not surprise me. Uh, but, I, I, you know, I just think that they're in this great position where uh, they are set up for the, for the now and the future. Uh, I think they are better than people are, are kind of expecting, and uh, it's going to be a super interesting season. You know what reminds me of a team Doc Rivers had? I think it was that – 1999-2000 season when he had all those guys in Orlando, they overachieved and trying to trying to get McGrady, Duncan, and Hill. They tried it, but Doc, but they couldn't get Tim Duncan, and Grant Hill's ankle was shot. But the Clippers remind me of that team back in the day there. 
Yeah, no, and Doc has actually alluded to that. Doc, Doc has, uh, you know, when we spoke to him, like he he's brought up that team as kind of really the only team uh, he can compare this team to just because, uh, you know, he, he was fired in Orlando after a few years um, and then, you know, went to Boston that, you know, coached very young, bad teams kind of around Paul Pierce for a bit. Then obviously they got KG Ray Allen and, that team won championship. It was contending for, you know, half a decade. And then he came to the Clippers uh, where they had their big three in Lob City and stuff. So uh, he's never really coached like this type of, um, you know, team with, with uh, just, the, you know, a bunch of, of vet, you know, a mix of veterans and young guys. And, and you don't really know what the expectations are. And, um, you know, really, like you said, the only team is that, that first, and that was, that was his first coaching season too. So, um, you know, he was a rookie coach in, in all that madness. So uh, I, I, that's that's to me like what, what's so fascinating about this team is that I, I think they're they're a scrappy team. You know, they're they're gonna try. You know, as you kind of expect them to have a similar identity to last season's team. Like they're gonna try hard every every game, every possession. Uh, they're gonna be in a lot of games. I, I don't really see this as a team that's gonna get blown out a lot. Um, now, whether they can close games and, and whether you know Tobias or Lou or, or Gallo can you know, can, can kind of go toe to toe with some of the stars in, in the NBA. Like, I, I don't know about that. We'll, we'll see that as the season progresses, but uh, I do expect this to be a fun competitive team and a, a team that's probably going to be around 500, you know, give or take a few wins either way. Now, what are the two of my old buddies? Lou, Lou will, of course, going to be a six man, but where's my man, Mike Scott, fitting into the equation with the Clippers this year? Because I felt like when he signed there, he had a lot of guys up to four and five position in that stretch four position. So why did Mike Scott sign there? So will he be in the rotation or he just be a guy kind of just fulfilling the roster there? So it's, it's early with Mike. Um, Doc said that he came into camp out of shape uh, and you know, it's kind of playing his way back into shape, playing his way into um, kind of understanding their, their schemes offensively and defensively. So it's kind of uh, to be determined with Mike right now. I think he has a good chance at being in the rotation. Doc tends to uh, stick with about a 10 man rotation. So um, kind of like mid first quarter to mid second quarter and like mid third quarter to early fourth, he, he usually goes with the bench. So, uh, I, I think that Mike, you know, look at, look at the Clippers depth chart. He's probably that backup four, uh, alongside like Montrez Harrell, um, Lou Williams and, and Shea Gilgis Alexander and, and Luke Mbamute. So I, th- I think that's probably right now the most likely, um, second unit lineup. Now there's a chance they've talked about playing Luke Mbamute at the four, uh, which would probably bump Mike out of the rotation and then they put someone else at the three. Uh, maybe Tyrone Wallace, who I really like. Uh, maybe they, they they bump Shea up to the three and put uh, Milos in there. Um, so, I mean, that's the thing with this team is that there's so much depth. Like, if, if you look at their roster, that they probably have like 12 guys who would expect you know consistent minutes on, on you know most NBA teams. So the fact that they're going to have to to condense that to nine or ten guys, and, and you know some of those guys are just going to be split minutes anyway. Uh, I think it's another thing because a lot of these guys are on one-year deals. And, and, you know, as much as we like to to live in like a fantasy world where everyone puts the team first and and what's best for the team, uh, you know, a lot of these guys are playing for contracts and you you can't really rule that out. So 
uh, Doc has also talked about how that's going to be, you know, a juggling act this season and, and might actually be the most difficult part of the season is is figuring out everyone's minutes, everyone's role, uh, you know, who's okay with what, uh, who's not okay with what, and how you kind of deal with that. And uh, But I do think Mike – I mean, yeah, I, I do think Mike will have a smaller role this season he, if he is in the rotation. I, I kind of expect him to be like 8 to 12 minutes a night. I know he's playing like uh, around like 18 with, with Washington last season. Uh, I just think that it's, the, the, the depth of this team is, uh, and he's kind of at that four spot where they have Gallinari, they have Tobias Harris, they have Luke Mute, Like they have a lot of guys there. So um, I, I do think he's going to be kind of phased out of the rotation a little bit. I, I find the Clippers to be Jovan a buyout team. Like guys looking for that buyout come to during the buyout season because they want to play somewhere in the playoffs or something or show off before for the for April comes get them a contract next year. I can see Mike as, asking for a buyout. I've got some one year deal saying, guys, buy me out. You know, <laughs> I can get out here and find my role elsewhere, probably. Yeah, I mean, I think the Clippers are, that, that's also, I mean, the, the the two biggest variables of this team that are hard to kind of predict and, and make it so that, you know, that really, I think if, you know, looking at every team in the NBA, Clippers are probably in the, in the top three in terms of like hardest team to predict or, or most. Uh, you know, very, you know, just kind of variance with with their potential record and, and success because this team has a lot of health problems, and you know, well documented like Danilo Gallinari, uh, Avery Bradley, Patrick Beverly, those guys have all pretty much. You look at the last few years; those guys kind of average fifteen to twenty missed games every season. So you got to kind of factor that in. On top of that, Milos Teodosic, you know, is thirty years old. He missed half the season last year, and there's no guarantee he's going to be healthy. So. Their health is completely up in the air. And on top of that, they have since they have so many one-year deals, uh, you know, a lot of these guys could get traded. It would not surprise me if Avery Bradley or Patrick Beverly or Milos Teodosic, maybe Mike Scott. Like you never know if a team's looking for a you know a backup big. Like uh, a lot of these guys are very tradable. Uh, so uh, I think looking at you know on top of everything else, just with their talent and then kind of not really sure where to put them in the West. There, there are a lot of health concerns and there's a lot of like some of these dudes can get traded or, or maybe bought out, uh, you know, kind of around the trade deadline. So really with the Clippers, like we could be looking at a much different team come like February or March uh, than, than the team we, you know, that's, that's currently playing. So uh, that's why I think this team is just so fascinating because you could tell me they win 30 games and, and are the 12 or 13 seed. And I would believe it. You could tell me they win 47 games and, you know, are the six or seven seed and I would believe it. Uh, I think there's a huge gap there between the kind of outcomes of their season uh, and anything kind of in between that, I, I would believe. Last one I got for you is this. Uh, how much longer do you believe we will have the Bomber, Frank, Jerry West, Doc Rivers battery, or is Doc Rivers maybe on the way out of, of, of the Clippers land after this year? Well, Doc actually signed an extension over the summer, so he has, I think, another two i want to say two years after this one uh so i I expect doc to kind of be with the team until he personally is is you know unless like i I would say i I would be shocked if he's not with the team heading into next season Uh, i think it's kind of after next season would would maybe be the year where if they strike out in free agency uh you know maybe they win 35 games this year which is kind of their vegas line they strike out in free agency and then next season kind of run it back with a similar, you know, similar team and win 35 games again. 
like I can maybe see them being like, all right, maybe it's time to part ways. But I, I, I was thinking more like this summer would be the summer that, that Doc left, whether that was retiring or, or moving to a different team. You know, there was some Orlando rumors, some, some Knicks rumors. Um, that didn't happen. So the fact that Doc's still there, I, I expect him to be there. Jerry is the one that's kind of up in the air because he's like, you know, I believe he's like 80, 81. Um, so who knows how long he wants to do this. You know, like it's probably a year-to-year thing with him. And then Steve obviously owns the team, so I ex- you know, expect that to, to be the case moving forward. Um, and, and, you know, now they're, they're working on that Inglewood deal, which is going to be really fascinating to see. Uh, I know a lot of people are opposed to it. Uh, they've got a lot of pushback on it, but it seems like, they, they, you know, they've just continued in the process of it. Um, and, and have, you know, had a couple of things signed with, you know, a couple of bills signed with it. So um, that, that would be coming in 2024 when their Staples Center leases up. So, uh, you know, I think overall the, the future of the Clippers is it's an exciting time. It's just, you know, kind of back to that uh, kind of middle ground for now. And uh, we don't know how long they're going to be in that state. Yes, indeed. Hey, man, great inside on the Clippers, man. I look forward to it. I know with the Hawks here, I know we ain't gonna be good this year. <laughs> so I'm already waiting for that. For that, so get that high draft pick, Hawks, because we not gonna be good. This exactly. Year. So, yes, indeed. Well, man. Hey, birthday to you, Yovan. Look to talk to you again down the road, my good brother. Hopefully, I will see you when we come to LA on the 28th of January. There, man. All right, awesome, man. Yeah, let me know. Uh, sure will, yeah. brother. Hey, have a good one. Talk to you real soon, my man. All right. Appreciate it, man. Talk soon. No doubt, folks. That's Yo Von here on the Boss Band Show from Athletic LA. All your photo, video, and voiceover needs, check out the fine folks at Blu-ray Productions. They will take good care of you. If you don't believe me, you can see for yourself. Check out their work at blueberryproductions.tv, the Facebook page, Blueberry Productions, also a Vimeo page, a YouTube page, and it's Blueberry, B-L-U-B-E-R-R-Y, Prod on Twitter. Check them out today. Blueberry Productions, great people, great work, great service. Hey there, your yard took a real beating this summer. Luckily, Scott's Turf Builder Winter Guard has your back. Just feed your grass with Scott's again this fall when the air is cool and the soil is warm. It's the perfect time to give your lawn a boost. If you do, Winter Guard will give your yard the nourishment it needs to help weak, thin grass recover and support root growth, giving you a greener, more resilient lawn both now and next spring. Guaranteed. Grab a bag of Scott's Turf Builder Winter Guard today. You'll be back to barbecuing in no time. This is a Scott's Yard. Hey parents, we all try to be extra careful with our children in the car, but then we get an important call or text. Remember, our children are watching. Make every drive a good example. Be in the zone. Turn off your phone. Visit childrenshospital.vanderbilt.org slash B-I-T-Z to learn more about our teen driver safety program. Brought to you by Monroe Carroll Jr. Children's Hospital at Vanderbilt, the Ford Motor Company Fund, and the Allstate Foundation. Hello, my name is Travis Williams, President and CEO of Academics and Athletic Consultant, focused on educating and empowering tomorrow's collegiate athletic leaders. 
My passion is for the education and genuine concern and care for today's student-athlete. It's the centerpiece of my life's work. A college education, both in and out of the classroom, is a truly rewarding benefit. For more information on AAC, you can go to www.academicsandathleticsconsulting.com. Once again, www.academicsandathleticsconsulting.com. Or you can follow me on Facebook at Academics and Athletic Consulting or Twitter at Coach TWheel24 or Instagram Travis L. Williams24. Or you can call me at 404-542-607. Once again, AAC is very proud to partner with J.R. McHenry of the Bossman Radio Show covering sports and entertainment across the country. Please tune in weekly for informative, entertaining, and expert analysis on today's sports and entertainment topics. Thank you. Man show time to go out 20 west towards Memphis, Tennessee. Town I, I just left, but I enjoyed myself while I was there. Hey, I won't be able to say and go, go to clicks tonight, but I was in the city of Memphis, see the Hawks play the Grizz last night. But it's all good. It's my man J.C. Smith. What's good, bro? Yo, boss, what's happening, bro? Man, not much, man. You know. Doing what they do, man. Road running every week, man. Covering these Hawks and Falcons, brother. You know how it is. Yes, sir. Yes, sir, man. You know, the season is underway, man. We've had, you know, a few games under our belt already so far, man. You know, it's about that time, man. No doubt. Well, bro, I want to talk to you today about this. The owners had a meeting this week about hot topics on the NFL and Owners are disappointed in how the Chargers are not drawing the love from L.A. And some are starting to regret the Chargers moving to L.A. now from San Diego. And they've lowered their revenue expectations now from $400 million to one fifty in PSLs because that's only PSL for that new stadium in Inglewood. So, bro, when you first heard the Chargers wanted to move from San Diego, you think it was going to be a good idea for them to go up to L.A. this time? Or you thought it was a bad idea for them to jump and should have stayed where they was at? It's a terrible idea for them to move to L.A. Um, you're talking about a team like, you know, where San Diego, you know, you got the Padres out there. Um, they had an NBA team back in the day, uh, you know, San Diego. Uh, I want to say San Diego Clippers uh, were NBA franchise back in the day as well. But, um, you know, I, I think that city identified with the Chargers, man. And I know they had some down years of late. But, you know, with the team they had, they, the Chargers have a good football team, man. Good coach, good young uh, nucleus there players that they can mix in with the veteran Phillip Rivers. But it never made sense for me, for, uh, to me for them to move to L.A., you know, and you talk about the Rams coming also. And after the Chargers were just moving by themselves, you know, a, a one-team move there to L.A., okay, I can see the city rallying around them. But 
the Rams, being the fact that the Rams were in L.A. originally, you know, and the, and the history that they have, and the fact that the Rams are the best team in the league. So, of course, more fans there locally are going to, you know, going to support and, and going to rally behind the Rams because they're awesome. The Chargers were always the Chargers were always going to be the side piece team in L.A. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Because I mean, they, they were always going to be the side piece. The the Rams are whitey, and and the Chargers they're, they're side piece, man. Exactly. And remember how the Chargers pitched to be about the Raiders not coming to L.A. with the Rams. Yes. Yes. The NFL is probably kicking themselves. We should let the Chargers go to either Vegas or stay in San Diego. Let the Raiders come down from Oakland and be in the L.A. Rams and the Raiders again because that would have had L.A. really popping with the Raiders and Rams fans and the factions down there because the Chargers, to me, are playing 16 road games this year, as always, because if you I, – I can't remember. I remember how when the Houston Oilers was moving into Tennessee, it felt like they was had 16 away games. And when they played that year in Memphis, it's like they was a, their away team every day to fly to Memphis to play each week. They felt like they was their away team all the time. So I kind of parallel the Chargers to the Titans. There was a nomad team leaving Houston going to Tennessee before they got to Nashville finally to the stadium up there. And the Chargers now in L.A. kind of like, why are we here? We should have left where we was at. Exactly, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like, you never know what you got till it's gone, man. Um, and I think it's a situation where both both parties feel like, hey, maybe we should have stayed at home where we were at. You know, the uh, the franchise ownership at the time, you know, we're looking for a new stadium. The fans didn't really want to, you know, put in as far as the taxes, the, the pay for a stadium, considering the fact that the Chargers were not really uh, producing anything on the field. But now I think both parties wish that, hey, they could have came up with an agreement there, you know, because the Chargers just seem out of place in L.A. It, it just doesn't seem right, you know. You know, they're the San Diego Chargers. They're, they're, they're never going to be the L.A. Chargers. They're always going to be the San Diego Chargers in my in my mind, man. And and you refer to the uh, the Titans one year here, you know, uh, which felt, like they, like they never felt like a home game because the ownership, Bud Adams, um, at the time, you know, everything that was happening in Houston. I remember that final year um, of the Oilers in Houston and how the fans weren't coming out and they were wearing the uh, the brown uh, paper bags over their face and they were so disappointed, you know, how, and how the team was doing and the fact that they were moving. And so, you know, this whole thought of the, that they would come up here and, you know, Memphis was starving for an NFL franchise, you know, at the time because they remember the, uh, Memphis put in a bid to have an NFL team back during the time that Jacksonville and Carolina had one. Memphis, Memphis was in that mix also. They, they, uh, they lost out. Yeah, yeah, they lost out in the final um, the final round. And, and, and the franchise ended up going to uh, uh, Jacksonville and Carolina. Memphis was right there in the mix for one. So, you know, Bud Adams thought, hey, you know, we'll wait here for a year, you know, and, and, uh, and see how things go. And, you know, Memphis fans, you know, there was no attachment to this team. You know, we knew they, they were just a rental. So, you know, of course, the fans are not going to come out and support a team that's only going to be here, you know, for a quick minute until, you know, things are ready for them to move to Nashville. You know what I'm saying? So it was always a weird situation. So I think I think the, the situation is kind of favorable to how it was for the Oilers coming here to Memphis almost over, well, over 20 years ago now to what the Chargers are going through now in L.A. because 
nobody nobody really went to there. You know what I'm saying? Like the offensive, like we're exactly. we're moving to LA, and LA fans like okay, you know what I'm saying? Like nobody wanted the Chargers there. Of course they wanted the Raiders there. Of course they wanted the Rams there. The Chargers were just like a, a thought, you know, a, a thought uh, third piece, third NFL team exactly. that was gonna go to LA. Exactly. Now, for, now let me ask you this. Now, in Memphis, how, how many Titans fans you've seen really in Memphis? I don't think there's very many. I think Memphis is still kind of one of them cities where you kind of like who you like. You're not a Titans fan if you're in Memphis. I don't see it happening. You know what? I mean, the Titans, they have a, a, a kind of a you know, big following now. They've had success. You know, a, a fans here uh, of the Titans. But um, – you know, as far as as far as the Titans go, they're always going to be seen as Nashville's team. You know, you know, you got a lot of fans here in Memphis, but you know, it's Nashville's team. It's not like you know Tennessee Titans where everybody kind of you know shares the the team, and, and you know it's for a fact, boss, that you're covering the team, man. As far as the disconnect between Nashville and Memphis, and how Nashville has a superiority uh, complex over Memphis, where they think they're better. They're a better city. Um, so they I think do. the Titans were always – yeah, they do. And the Titans were always looked at as Nashville's team. And you got fans here, but Memphis don't really – there's more Cowboy fans in Memphis than the Titans fans. So, you know, that, that pretty much sums it up right there. Now, for the people in back in Houston that you, that you know when you grew, you grew up with, are there any – did any of them become Titan fans or they say screw, the, screw this team and now they're all Texans fans? They don't think about the Titans no more. Basically. Yeah, that, that about sums it up, boss. You know, it's a situation kind of allied to uh, the Cleveland Browns. When they lost their team, Armadale moved the team to Baltimore. You know, it was kind of like the hell with, you know, that franchise. You know, those Cleveland fans at the time, you know, were not going to become fans of Baltimore Ravens until they got their own team. You know, uh, the second reincarnation of the Browns, you know, about, you know, a few years later there. That's the same situation with, with, uh, with Houston. You know, they lost, lost the Oilers in 95, uh, was last year in Houston. And, and then by 02, you know, seven years later, you had the Texans. So yeah, it was a situation. Like, I can't think of any, anybody, any of my friends living in Houston at the time that were Oilers fans, uh, now being Titans fans. It didn't carry over like that. Um, they they pretty much said the hell, hell with Bud Adams, the hell with the Oilers last Titans, you know, uh, and they waited until they got their own franchise, and now you know everybody's pretty much uh, supporting the Texans now. Now I will say this, and it's going it's coming up soon here, JC. In twenty twenty nine, the lease at Nissan Stadium runs out for the Titans. So now they're going to build them a new stadium, or they're going to move out. It's, it's the clock is ticking. You know, think about it. It's going to be a 30-year lease that quick. It's going to be over. So, Nissan Stadium, Jacksonville, to get at the Gator Bowl, as I call it, Carolina. I mean, those things are always in the league right now. You need to do mm-hmm. something about them to keep your team in that town because teams want new buildings. At the Georgia Dome, building 92, blown up in 2018. Man. So, hey man, yeah, the Titans yeah. might not be in Nashville that much longer. If they Nashville upon it for a new stadium for them for them boys, come to 2029. Uh, you know Nashville, they got money. I, you know, of course they, not, they don't want to lose their franchise. So of course 
they'll, 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 you know, it'll, it'll be a little, you know, kind of tug, tug and pull going on, you know, uh, between the sides there. But eventually, they'll, they'll get a deal done to get a new stadium there. Um, it's funny you would mention the fact about the Georgia Dome, man. I can remember. It's, it's show you how old I am. I can remember uh, watching. Uh, I think it was like a preseason game. The first game at the Georgia Dome. You know what I'm saying? It's like 93. You know, 92. the first game at the – it was 92? Okay. 92, man. Yeah, it was the first five, preseason game. <laughs> yeah, man. Like, and, you know, primetime was still on the roster and everything, man. Like, And that was like the brand-new, spanking, sparkling Georgia Dome. And it, I remember the announcers talking about how great the stadium was and, and all that, man. And then fast forward now. It, it like it, it seemed like it was just yesterday, man. But that was over what twenty twenty five years, twenty years, years ago. Crazy. Yeah, look, bro, I'm gonna tell you how, how deep I go with it. My pops took me to a, a Falcon game at the old Fulton County Stadium. It's now a parking lot now for Trinity Field. Hey man, in ninety one, we getting old, man. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly. We're getting old, man. Yes, exactly. Well, bro, I hate I can't be in town night for for clicks, but tell the people what that's going on. I'm missing the clicks tonight off that old Malcolm way for our people out there in Memphis. Love the boss man show. Man, we got something special going on tonight, boss. We going, you know, three kings. You no, know, we we definitely you know we care, we show love and support whenever we can, man. You know, of course, the month of October is Breast Cancer Awareness Month, so. You know, we're going to definitely show our love and support, man, for breast cancer awareness, man. We got something big coming up tonight, man, where we're going to have the pink shirts and we're going to do some other prizes and giveaways, man. You know, just show love to all the survivors and everybody that's gone through the struggle, man, you know, to try to beat this monster that is cancer. So we're going to definitely turn up. It's called Turn Up for the Pink. Uh, you know, tonight, man, everybody come on out. We're going to have fun, have a good time, and, you know, we're going to be supporting a good cause, man. No doubt, we're brother for to be back in Memphis on November 11th, November 10th, rather, for the Sixers game. So hopefully, the Saturday night, so I get to go and enjoy the vibe at Clicks Live and in color one more time in the month of November, bro, bro. Look forward to that. No doubt. It's going down, my guy. No doubt, folks. This is my man, J.C. Smith, here on the Boss Man Show. Hip-hop fans, I got a great album for you. The debut album from Family Grinding NC, True Speech, and 313 Fresh. We're going to give you two discs, 33 songs of pure, genuine hip-hop. Albums available on iTunes, Amazon, Google Play, illstreetrex.com, and streaming live right now on Rhapsody, Beats Music, Spotify, Xbox Music, Slacker Radio, and SoundCloud. Check them out today, True Speech, and 313 Fresh, Family Grind ENT. Believe in it, get it. A gorgeous tan from Suntan City gives you an inner glow that relights the fire when you run into your first crush. Vicky, who is that? An old boyfriend. Lucky you just tanned at Suntan City. Lucky he's single. We're doing lunch tomorrow. Won't be single for long then. 
During Tour of the City, try all five tans, including spray tan, for just $4.99. Restrictions may apply. Click to buy now. When you're a teen, you finally get to make some of your own decisions. Who are you going to hang out with? What do you want to be? Are you going to glance at that text while driving? Remember, a split second is all it takes for something tragic to happen. Be in the zone. Turn off your phone. Visit childrenshospital.vanderbilt.org slash B-I-T-Z to learn more about our teen driver safety program. Brought to you by Monroe Carroll Jr. Children's Hospital at Vanderbilt, the Ford Motor Company Fund, and the Allstate Foundation. It's maybe the night that my dreams might let me know All the stars are closer, all the stars are closer Tell me what you're gonna do to me Confrontation ain't nothing new to me You could bring a bullet, bring a sword, bring a morgue But you can't bring the truth to me Alexa, play Kendrick Lamar and SZA Okay With Amazon Music, a voice is all you need Get tens of millions of songs. Download the Amazon Music app today. Yeah, yeah, it's your man, JC, the host with the most, baby. And it goes down each and every Saturday night right here in the city of Memphis. That's right, y'all. It goes down at Clicks Sports Bar Memphis, baby. 3705 Malco Way, Memphis, Tennessee, 38125. Come out and join us, the Three Kings, each and every Saturday night for the liveest karaoke in the city. Everybody gets in free till 10 p.m., only five dollars after great food we got drink specials we got all kind of games man we got the pool tables popping whatever you want we got you man come on out have a good time with us each and every saturday night that's clicks sports bar memphis Another week of bad takes with my girl Jay Monique here on the Boss Man Show with me. Jay, what's popping with you this week? Hey, what's going on, everyone? Hey, everything is good on this scene. I'm just traveling the world, companies Hawks and Falcons, if nobody else can. <laughs> good deal. Yes, indeed. Well, Jay, we have a lot of bad takes for people this week to get to. First take is this from a Facebook user. Won't say her name. She says this. Hey, beautiful women. Hey, sexy men. Let's get to know each other. Don't send me any new pics, though. Shoot me five or ten. Let me know you're serious. With money signs, smiley face emojis. Come correct if you come at all. PayPal. Blank box at 18 at yahoo.com. That helps look ugly as hell, first of all. What kind of take is that? Prospecting, quote, men and women on Facebook for money? You are prostituting yourself out on Facebook. Are you kidding me? Yep, that's exactly what she's doing. And even if she was attractive, who does she think she is? She has some nerve. Talk about let's get to know each other, so go ahead and send me dollars. Who are you? Who is she? That's that's what it takes for somebody to get to know you or even talk to you, is they got to send you money? Yeah. No. Like, okay, 
now. Who still uses, who uses PayPal still? I thought people use the Cash App now. I ain't gonna lie, I use both. I use both PayPal and Cash App. Okay, because I, I, I know me. I, I mean, I use. Like I said, I don't even use none of it. I make some. I'm old school. I'm, I'm, I'll make you write me a check. <laughs> So I can I'm document. the complete opposite. I'd rather know the funds are there and have my stuff directly deposited than to trust the check because a lot of these times anybody can pull out a checkbook, put an amount on there, and sign it. It don't mean the money's good. Well, see, for tax purposes, I do it because I want to get audited on cash. You know what I'm saying? Because with an audit on cash, I, I really can't track it. So I, it's for tracking purposes I use it for but okay cause see remember up to three to seven years IRS can audit you and you gotta have records produce receipts so with a check I got a receipt so what I mm-hmm. do is I snapshot that check and put it in a folder so I know I got it so okay can, well that's so they, smart so if they audit me I can account for well, mm-hmm. on this day, insert whatever, whatever, paid the boss man radio show for advertising, bubbling the amount of blah, blah, blah. I got to prove it with that snapshot, folder, stamp. I, look here, I even, have the, I even have the old school stamp, Jay, on, on my, at my desk. That, no, that, that, that little, that little stamp pad, blah, blah, you know, just date, boom, there we go. So I have all the old school stuff. Yeah. That's another bad take. Now, Another bad thing I got, Jay, is this. Okay, there's a, a New York Nick announcer who was announcing an injury for a player named Amari 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 Jay. Amari Amari is a household name in the NBA circles. Um, the, the guy got his injury mixed up, Jay. Uh, he said he had a bulging D disc. It'll be treated non-surgically, Jay about this like what was his mind on because you shouldn't be saying bulging D it should be bulging disc not a bulging D now I'm saying D I don't want to use the word on the radio here so I'm using D as a code word but not saying the real word so a bulging D disc they'll be treated non treated non surgically people now Jay this is my thing as a man if I do have a bulging D I hope it will be treated non-surgically by being with a woman, hopefully. That's how I treat that. <laughs> you know, a basketball player should not be out with a bulging knee injury. Never. I'm just saying. But what his mind, Jay, to say the words bulging D disc and it'll be treated non-surgically on, on TV giving that thing on MSG. Um, but I'm thinking that you know when he said the bulging D, it could have possibly been a slip of the tongue, possibly. Yeah, because I heard that I'm like, what? A <laughs> like bulging D? Huh? You said a bulging D, sir? Sure. Treated non-surgically. I bet it was, sir. I bet it was. But yeah. Also, another bad take I have. Now, 
Now, Jay, if I was in the, I was in the hotel today, listening to somebody complain about a situation they had at work. Get this: a lady wants to get a, a work accommodation at, at her job, and part of the accommodation request is have two of her have a colleague at her job take a picture of her at her workstation from front and back and side to side and take a picture of the chair she has at home ergonomic chair she has at home that she wants to go work, work from home in and that they will assess her and, and they won't help her buy a new chair I sit here so I heard so many bad takes about this Jay first of all that's a violation of help of policy laws why would she want a colleague Took a picture of her at her workstation, started in all kind of rooms. Like, what's, what's wrong with Jane or whoever her name is? What's wrong with Jane? What's wrong with who her? Why she has to take pictures of her at her workstation? And then she comes right. with this weird ass chair, making her, her sideshow. So I'm like, just hearing her on the phone explaining this before she's talking to, I'm like, damn, all these bad takes by her job. Like, why would you somebody in your business like that? You went to HR privately. Now you're trying to get mm-hmm. the other people involved in, in her business by having them take a picture of her in her workstation. That is asking for the grapevine to be talking. She down she becomes exactly fodder. Like what's going on? To me, it's so stupid. Your take on it was that. Yeah, that's stupid. That's giving like she. By that point, she's just inviting everybody that works there into her business. Yeah, like. Uh uh-uh. uh, that's not cool and kosher. And why are you need a picture of chair she has at home? Like, what is it? How's it gonna help you making decisions on whether this woman is is, is disabled or not to be at work? And while she yeah, I don't know what that has to do with anything. If a medical professional says to you they should work at home, we should go with that. Right. No, no ifs, no ands, no buts about it. If their doctor said, "Look, this person needs to work at home." Their back is bad, blah blah blah. You know, ergonomic chair, blah blah blah, blah, blah skippy. That needs to be said. And uh, yeah, pretty much that's bad. Like, man, come on, it's messed up. So that bad take. I also heard a woman complaining about her job, trying to going to put her on a corrective action plan because. They call her a no-call, no-show because she told her boss yesterday, allegedly, that her son had a seizure. They keeping him oh, overnight. Oh wow! They keeping him overnight. So she assumed that the boss was going to she wouldn't come in into work because her son is in the hospital, and, and she said he had a seizure day for they keep him overnight and meet him in the hospital. Now. Mm-hmm. I think it's a double bad take because, I mean, yes, you told your boss that you used to keep them overnight and yeah, you signed a seizure, but you didn't clarify you weren't going to come into work either. Now, that's her bad take, but the boss is a bad take too because this, this, if somebody tells me a child that had a seizure, they don't hit me back. I probably tell them that they ain't coming to work the next day. But put her on a correct action plan for that, the boss has a bad take as well if you ask me. She had a bad take for not telling the boss clearly that she's not coming to work. And the boss had a bad take for asking as soon as she's coming to work and gave him a, a cap for not coming to work. And I still had a seizure at, at the hospital the night, the night before. To me, it's all of it's a bad take to me, if you ask me. All of it's bad. 
Yeah, I would say it's like 50-50 because just like you said, like she shouldn't have automatically assumed that because her son was staying overnight at the hospital that the boss was going to take it as she's not coming in to work the next day. But also on the other hand, common sense should have told the boss that if her son had a seizure and they were keeping him overnight, that there is a possibility that she's not showing up to work. So once he didn't see her show up to work, evidently it's because her son was still in the hospital and she was tending to him. But there's no, I don't feel that corrective, a corrective action plan was needed for that. I feel like he went overboard with that one. Yeah, it sounds to me he was just, he, he's doing way too much. Doing way too much. So folks, that is Bad Take Segment 1. After the break, we have Bad Take Segment 2 with me and Jay Monique. She got two stories for you, and I got some more for you on the back end, some more bad takes I have for you people, so... Stick with us, Jay Monique and the Boss Man, BossmanShow.com, BossmanRail Network. We after the break. More bad take. Segment two. Stick with us. We out. Grab a hold of big breakfast flavor at Hardee's. Try two breakfast sliders for just $2.99. Get Applewood smoked bacon or freshly grilled sausage with fluffy eggs and golden melty cheese all on a toasty little bun. Good morning. Start at Hardee's. Available now for a limited time at participating restaurants. Tax not included. All right, folks. Back on the Boss Man Show. Segment two of Bad Takes with me and Jay Monique. Jay. Song you, what bad takes you got for us this week? Yes. The first one is a naked man who jumped into an aquarium shark tank is now wanted by Toronto police. Wow. Yeah, so uh, he decided to dive naked into an aquarium shark tank. And now police are looking for him in connection with a possible indecent exposure charge, as well as a violent assault earlier in the evening. And what happened is that the police officers first heard about the naked man swimming with sharks when they got a call from Ripley's Aquarium around 10.30 p.m. Wow. Now, what's bad about this is not only was he naked, but... He decided to dive into a shark tank that has sharks. Why? Yeah, that's not smart. It's like diving in the Everglades or a Florida lake. Not doing a game on bite your ass. Yeah, exactly. I mean, this is uh, this is crazy. Yeah, we don't do sharks. That's why when I'm out there on South Beach or Key Biscayne, I know what's out in that water. Mm-hmm. I'm on the beach. I ain't going in the water. And plus, I can't swim anyway. <laughs> no way. As, as they say, black people can't swim. And I'm one of them can't swim. So, yeah, this man is stupid. And was he, is this, is, is, well, he's in the, okay, he's in Canada, right? And it's cold there, right? He's jumping in a cold lake to, with sharks, right? Aquarium. Yeah. yeah. Oh, aquarium, okay. Aquarium, okay. Aquarium, okay. I bet the water was cold. It's Canada. You're an idiot. It's like me going yeah. to the Georgia Aquarium and jumping in one of them damn things, them weird ass big fish they have. Yeah. You know. Yeah, you know, aquarium's a good date though. I'm numbers like that. Aquarium's a great date. If you go to the daytime when it's cheap. Night at night. It's hot. Yeah, just exactly. A, just saying. But yeah, my man, don't do that. Sounds like being at the zoo, which I wouldn't. I don't know. Trust me. I ain't been to a zoo since I was 10 years old. I hated the zoo when I went. When I was 
You're probably not going anytime soon anyway because you hate animals. <laughs> yeah, so short of me having a child who wants to go to the damn zoo look at the animals, which I don't, I, I would not understand to begin with. But whatever. <laughs> I'm not going. I do the aquarium, but the, the zoo, hell no. We good on that. Oh no, T- take this poor child to the zoo. <laughs> It, it would probably burn my soul every second I'm there, probably. <laughs> I would be angry the whole time I'm there. Oh, I my gosh. Guarantee it. <laughs> Jesus. Aquarium man. Bad take, sir. What is your deal, Canada? Sir, what's your deal? <laughs> exactly. Are you seriously? Well, you know, Canada legalized marijuana. Was he was he on that Kush? It doesn't say if he was on the Kush or not. It just says that as soon as he purchased the ticket, that he started to disrobe and then proceeded to climb over to the security barrier into the exhibit. <laughs> he was on that flock of that meth, probably. He, he some... had to be on some flock or something because that's not making any sense for any sober person to do that. Yes, that's a sir. What's your deal? Right, like get off that stuff. Whatever it was that you were on, like it ain't working. Just don't, don't do that again. Canada with the bad takes today. Well, she got <laughs> a bad take out of Ohio. Jesus, has a lot of bad takes there. <laughs> yep. Haunted house visitors are outraged over a mock rape at an Akron fright fest. That so the managing partner of Kim Tank Park, it's near Akron, Ohio, said that he was shocked and appalled Monday after learning of allegations that employees staged a mock rape in a haunted house on park grounds. Sarah, somebody named Sarah told local ABC News affiliates that a man in a mask pushed down her boyfriend while the pair visited Akron Friday Fest at the park. She comes over and yells, stop, what are you doing? That's my boyfriend. And then... Uh, he described the masked person's response not anymore he's mine now I'm going to rape him and then he started thrusting against them and then in a statement provided to HuffPost uh, it says that while investigations in the incident were ongoing there is no place for anything like this at our park that's the person named Jeremy Caldhill that said that and then said obviously rape is a horrible act even a mock rape scene has no place as any part of entertainment and according to the park, the Fright Fest consists of three all-age haunted houses and, and three adult-only haunted houses that require visitors to sign a waiver before entering. Yeah, I'm trying, not that I want to know, but how do you, whoa, stage of mockery? Like, I don't even understand, how, how, how do you stage that? Exactly. What I'm thinking happened is that the employees... Like, they already knew that this this Halloween type of event was, you know, going on. I believe they all banded together outside of work and came up with this ignorant plan that they were going to add add some spice or whatever, you know, to the event and then add in mock rape or, or something, like stage a, a rape. Like, why would they think that that's a good idea to do that to unsuspecting uh, event goers? You know what I mean? Like, yes. that's not cool. That is a very bad take. Exactly. A very bad take. Like, Halloween people don't do that. Also, 
Yeah, speaking of Halloween, I don't know if I touched this or not. Maybe I have. You know, this is a bad take. When, Cause see, Jay, I got some emails about Halloween parties and different things for people at work. I don't know if I touched on this or not before, but I, if I have, just forgive me. To me, it's a bad take to dress up for, for Halloween at work. Yes, that's a bad take. <laughs> just this. It's a bad take. Don't send me emails about that. Also, I don't want to go to quote, and this is going to be funny when we talk about this a few minutes ago, boo at the zoo, okay? I'm not interested in going to quote boo at the zoo. They make the zoo a haunted house. I'm not going to, why? Why? Why would I want to go <laughs> to a quote haunted zoo of all places? Why? <laughs> oh, you know what's even worse than the haunted zoo? They actually have a haunt, uh, a haunted walk or whatever at the county jail, where they're actually selling tickets for it for you to walk through the jail and go through different scare zones. Okay, the problem with that is why would someone voluntarily want to go on any campus of a county jail? For some reason that they talk about that loser show where dudes go go to jail just to see how it is. Did you tell me about that, that, that dumb show? Did you tell me about that? Um, I'm not sure. I do know that they have... Okay, yes. I think so, yes. Um, it's called... What do you call it? Um, 60 Days In. They got like three seasons out right now where these volunteer participants go into the county jail as, a, as, as an inmate for 60 days voluntarily so they can see what jail is like and see what's going on as far as how are drugs and weapons and phones getting into the jail. That wouldn't be me. I'm not signing up for jail. I didn't do anything wrong, so why should I voluntarily sign up to be in jail? Yeah, people don't make any sense. I don't get people. They Neither make, do but, I. Also, another bad take. In Kentucky, a man was arrested for destroying the voting machine because he didn't know how to work it. <laughs> What? How do you destroy a voting machine? How does this happen? <laughs> I don't understand. <laughs> How does one destroy a quote voting machine? I'm wondering the same thing. What, whether he knew how to use it or not, it's like, oh, like, what did he do? Like, did he just like throw the voting machine <laughs> down? Did he smash it? How does one just destroy a voting machine? I don't understand that take. Like, how do you... I, I don't... When I read the story, I'm like, this is a terrible take. I, he said the man became belligerent after... No, she didn't know how to hurt the machine. He picked it up and threw it across the voting room. He threw the machine across the voting room? He sure did. Well, that more explains how the machine got destroyed. <laughs> it's like some Alan would do. Yeah, that does sound like something he would do. But, I mean, why couldn't the man just ask for help? They usually have, like, clerks on standby if you need any type of assistance with voting. Yeah, he's in Kentucky. They probably, his vote probably wasn't needed anyway. Uh, you know what? <laughs> what? <laughs> his vote doesn't count in Kentucky. Wow. <laughs> Based on what county he was in, he wouldn't vote for nothing to me and you stand for. He needs voting away. <laughs> oh I don't my. know how to work this fight. And then he just 
Yeah, you're yeah. going across the road. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> yeah, based on the count he was in, he wouldn't vote for nothing me and you stand for. His vote don't matter no way. He needs to be in the jail somewhere. <laughs> and a final take on voting before we go today. Look, I don't know who you losers are who waved these, these voting signs at me, whoever the hell y'all are. I ain't gonna make me change my vote. I don't know why y'all over there. Because you're waving a flag, waving a sign, and made me vote for your person. I either I know who I'm gonna vote for or I'm not. Also, candidates, do not greet me in my car and talk to me. I don't wanna talk to you. Let me go do what I gotta do. So, voting, signing losers, and candidates, don't attack people at the cars. Because they like, I'm not voting for your ass. Screw you. Nah, no, you annoyed me, and I voted for you. Faded my privacy, you got in my face. Both of your opponents. Screw you. Just saying. So, Jay, do you have any final takes or thoughts on today's segments with voting in this ridiculous GOP or doing his, his voting machine at people? <laughs> <laughs> Can it work it? Yes. For everybody that's going out there voting, when you get to a voting machine, if you do not understand something, <laughs> please, by all means, Turn around to either your left or your right or somewhere behind you, and there should be a clerk available to assist you. Don't throw the machine. Other people need to use it to, to, to vote. Like, that's not making any sense. Don't do that. Just you know ask for help. Probably most of lost now, so he lost. You know that machine he used? All the votes are probably lost now. Be a it good probably thing. is. It's destroyed. <laughs> it, but it's maybe a good thing because once again, he's in the county that don't do nothing for me and you. So once again, vote don't matter. Gotcha. <laughs> so yeah, folks. Yes, if you, if you get in the voting machine, need assistance, ask somebody. Do not destroy and throw across the room, please. You know, look. Yeah, just don't do that, please. I almost said something I shouldn't say. I, almost, I caught myself now saying something I shouldn't say on the radio. Thank God for that. So, thank God, this everybody in trouble. So, folks, that's been bad takes. Everyone, too. Boss Man Show, Jay Malik and Boss Man. We are out. Talk to you all next week. Peace. And if you don't know, now you know. You know.